Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. CCM is one church that meets every Sunday in various locations across Manchester. For more information about who we are or about our Sunday meetings, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com. Um, so it's a uh, it's a great opportunity um, to kind of preach to you in this new format. Um, I'm very thankful for all these new online things we have, um, and yeah, I hope that what I'm going to bring to you in the next 15 minutes is really helpful. And um, we are going to continue in our series in Isaiah, but the passage we're going to read today is uh, just really poignant for what we're going through right now. And um, why don't you turn with me to Isaiah chapter 12 uh, if you've got a Bible with you. Um, but first, as, as you do, I just want to uh, share a quick story with you. Um, a few weeks ago, before we were all forced into our homes, um, a friend of mine said, Andy, do you want to do you want to play a game of rugby with me? Okay, now, he's a really good rugby player and um, plays every week. But he happened to be playing for the team below his normal team. And they had a spot. He said, Andy, do you want to come and play? And I said, yes, because I love playing rugby. And uh, but, but when it got to half time in the game, uh, I was just exhausted. I had no energy left in me. And the, the kind of the feeling I had that was worse than all the others was I was just parched. I was so thirsty, desperately needed some drink, some refreshment. And, and, and thankfully, one of the subs ran on with a, with a basket full of water bottles and handed me a water bottle to drink from. And I looked at this water bottle and, and it looked a little bit like... Uh, this, if I can, if I can share, try and share an image with you. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll do my best to share an image with you. It was one of these bottles where there it is, um, where you basically he he gave me this bottle and said, "Here you go." And I looked at it and I thought, "I have no idea what to do with this bottle." I tried tilting it and tipping water into my mouth, and nothing happened. And I had to ask somebody what to do with this bottle and it was very embarrassing when he said Andy just put your chin on there and squeeze uh, it was really awkward um, I had this desperate need to quench my thirst um, and I was given the means to do so but I had no idea what to do next um, in Isaiah 12 we learn that God has given us a free gift called salvation and that this is a gift which we don't only enjoy once and then put away and forget about but which we can enjoy time and time again. In fact, Isaiah describes salvation as a well from which we can draw water repeatedly. It's something which can refresh us time and time again. I wonder if right now you feel spiritually thirsty, like you need refreshment. Well, I'm going to read from Isaiah chapter 12, verses 1 to 3. In that day, you will say, I will praise you, Lord, although you were angry with me. Your anger has turned away and you have comforted me. Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord himself is my strength and my defence. He has become my salvation. With joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. So in chapter 11 of Isaiah, which we looked at last week when we were all together in one room, um, we saw that God had promised the prophet Isaiah, who's prophesying about 2,700 years ago, that God was going to send a divine king who would make all things new in the world. A king who will bring the world to perfect justice, peace and unity, something we all long for. And in chapter 12, we are still in this vision of this restored world. And in this world, everyone is rejoicing at God's goodness 
and God's faithfulness. They're rejoicing for three specific reasons. The first is that God's anger has turned away, right? In the absence of a slideshow, there you go. God's anger has turned away. Israel and Judah, who God promises in Isaiah he's going to punish for their disobedience, the punishment is over in this scenario. God has chosen to turn his anger away from his people. The second reason that uh, the people are rejoicing is that God has brought comfort to his people. God has decided in his grace, in his wisdom, in his goodness to comfort his people, turn his anger away and bring comfort to them. And finally, they are rejoicing because, as they say, God has become our salvation. God has saved his people from his own punishment and anger, from their sin and their rebellion, and into his new eternal kingdom. There are plenty of reasons to rejoice in this new world, and they all come back to God and who he is. Isaiah 12, 3, the verse I want to focus on just for the next 10 minutes, says, with joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. Isaiah is prophesying about this day when God will make all things new. But as Christians uh, today, we know that God is already in the process of making all things new. He is transforming us into the likeness of his son, Jesus. But we also know that that work is not completed as we look at the world around us and it's not all right yet. But actually, we can experience the reality of all these things that Isaiah says we will rejoice about. We can experience some of that reality now. We can rejoice that God's anger has turned away from us. We can rejoice that God has brought us comfort. And we can say that God has become our salvation. And we can begin drawing water from the well of God's salvation. We can be refreshed by the water from that well. I want to spend the rest of this talk just talking about what that actually means for us practically. What does it mean for us practically when we're in our homes particularly? Now, I don't know if you've ever drunk water from a well. I don't think I have. It's not the way we normally consume our water these days, is it? But actually, this metaphor of drawing water from a well would have been a very familiar concept for Isaiah's audience. No one could live somewhere that didn't have access to a nearby fresh water source. And if there wasn't access to a spring or something like that, they would simply dig a well. When the Israelites escaped from Egypt in the Exodus and they went through the Red Sea, leaving the armies of Egypt behind them, we often uh, don't really know what happens next. We, we pause the story there. They've escaped Egypt. Everything's wonderful. But the next trial they face, the next difficulty, is they find themselves without any water. And they, they come to this place on the road where they've been without water for three days. And their leader is Moses. And Moses leads them to a place called Mara, which in Hebrew means bitter, because the water at Mara can't be drunk. It's too bitter. And the people are grumbling and they say, we're thirsty. Moses, what do we do? And Moses cries out to God. And God gives Moses a stump of wood, which he throws in the water. And suddenly the water becomes fresh and drinkable. God refreshes the thirst of his people. Just two verses later, the Israelites move on and set up camp at a place called Elim, a place that has uh, 12 uh, freshwater springs. They set up camp where the fresh water is, near a water source that they can draw from again and again. The people of Israel and the people of Judah, to whom Isaiah is prophesying, know what it's like to be thirsty. And they know what it's like to be refreshed by a source of water. 
And we know what this is like, don't we? If we've ever got up in the middle of the night after a Chinese takeaway and had a pint of water, it is the most refreshing feeling in the world, I'm convinced. The people of Israel built their settlements near a water source, or they dug a water source, something they could come back to again and again and be refreshed by its life-sustaining water. Isaiah says, with joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. Salvation is something which should refresh us again and again. What do we mean by salvation? It's from a Latin word, salvare, which means to save. But we are on the other side of history to Isaiah's listeners. We have fresh insight into what this uh, word salvation actually means and what it means for us. We know what Isaiah is talking about when he says that we will rejoice that God has turned his anger away and comforted us. Isaiah says you will rejoice because God has turned his anger away. In the Old Testament, God's anger towards sinful humanity is often described as a cup, a cup that's full of his, his wrath or his anger. In Psalm 75, 8, it says, In the hand of the Lord is a cup full of foaming wine mixed with spices. He pours it out and all the wicked of the earth drink it down to its very dregs. Jeremiah 25 says something very similar. This is what the Lord says, the God of Israel. Take from my hand this cup filled with the wine of my wrath, my wrath, and make all the nations to whom I send you drink it. One of the truths of the Bible is that God gets angry, that God isn't tolerant of sin. Specifically, God gets angry at humanity rebelling against him, refusing to worship him, refusing to fulfill our purpose as his image bearers. Our purpose to glorify him on the earth. This anger is what leads God to punish Israel and Judah. Yet Isaiah prophesies that a day will come when God's anger will have turned away from his people. But where has it gone? Where has his anger gone? In Luke chapter 22, verse 42, as in the Gospels of Matthew and Mark as well, we see Jesus moments before he is arrested in order to be tried and crucified, fall to his knees in a garden called Gethsemane in emotional anguish and praying this prayer. Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. Jesus, in obedience, goes to the cross in order to drink the cup of God's wrath, of God's anger, which means that when we think of what it means to have salvation or to be saved, we remember that God's anger was poured out upon his only son, who took it voluntarily in our place so that we might not have to. The blood of Jesus changes everything. So if we put our faith in Jesus and believe in his death and his resurrection, we are saved from the wrath of God against sin. We are washed clean of our sin and we are saved into eternal life with God. God's anger has turned away. If we believe in Jesus, that means God is not angry with us. Romans 5.9 puts it this way. Since we've now been justified by his blood, that is the blood of Jesus, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? Jesus drank from the cup of God's wrath so that we might drink from these waters of salvation. Isaiah goes on to say, you will rejoice because God has brought comfort to his people. This gift of salvation, this free gift from God given through his grace, which literally means a free gift, is given once and for all. When Jesus died, he said, it is finished. 
If you believe in him, you can trust that he has won your salvation. Yet there is also a lasting recurring benefit of this incredible one-time free gift as well. I wonder what kind of gifts you have received in your life. Well, broadly speaking, I think there are two types of gifts we can envision receiving. Right? One type is gifts which are consumable, one-time use gifts. You know, like a box of chocolates, you eat it and it's gone. A bottle of wine, you drink it and it's gone. A puzzle, you do it and you put it in the cupboard forever. Okay, there, there are gifts that you just use once. And then there are gifts which are given once, but you can continue to enjoy. Things like sports equipment or musical instruments or an expansion pack to the settlers of Catan. There are all sorts of different things which we can use again and again. Gifts given once, but to be used again and again. Salvation is a free gift of God, but it's a gift he wants us to continuously enjoy, to continuously be refreshed by. What does this actually look like in our lives, though? Well, in a minute, we're going to get you guys involved in the chat and discussing this with the three of us who are panellists today. But let me first just give you four very quick things which can refresh us, ways in which we can remind ourselves and one another repeatedly of God's gift to us in Christ. Because this is what it means to be refreshed by the waters of salvation, to remind ourselves and one another repeatedly of the incredible gift God has given us in Christ. Number one, there is no greater source of this refreshment than your Bible. I wonder if yours is a little bit dusty. Well, well, let me encourage you to pick it up, to read one of the gospels and to be reminded of all God has done for you in Christ. Matthew 24 verse 35, Jesus says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. There is no better source of this refreshment, reminding of what God has done for us in Christ, giving us salvation than the word of God. Number two, worship music. We don't currently have song worship in our Sunday services because we're online, but we're thinking of ways in which we can incorporate song worship back into CCM online. But there's nothing stopping you from listening to worship music as a supplement rather than a replacement for God's word. Actually, it's an incredible way of expressing our praise to God. Psalm 105 says, sing to him, sing praise to him, tell of all his wonderful acts. Let's praise him during this time. Number three, of course, is pray. Bring your concerns and your requests to God. God who hears you and who cares for you. There are so many things we can pray for right now. And in a few minutes, we are going to be praying. But actually, Paul in Ephesians 1 gives an, as an exa example of something we can pray for that might not always occur to us. He says this, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. We can pray for a fresh revelation of all God has done for us in Christ. We can pray to be filled with hope. Pray that God would open your eyes to the beauty of your salvation and fill you with hope. And finally, remind one another about God's gift of salvation in Christ. 1 Thessalonians 5 says, For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. Today, uh, on, on Sunday at 11am, we are all hearing from God's word and we're being encouraged at CCM Online. Hopefully one day this week, you will meet with your online community group and you'll be encouraged from the word there as well. But what about the other days? 
what about the other days? Encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. Let me encourage us as well to think about what we say to one another. Let's be real with one another, but let's not be people who spend our whole time talking about the coronavirus and the weather and the football or lack thereof, and then come away wondering why we don't feel comforted. Let's encourage one another with the truth of scripture. Let's refresh one another with water from the wells of salvation. And we will, as Isaiah says, say, God has comforted me through his word, through worship, through prayer and through our encouragement of one another. Finally, Isaiah says, we will be people who say, God has become my salvation. I don't know if you've ever played any kind of city building simulator. I love these kind of things online. And, uh, but if you need to build a city or build any kind of settlement, you have to do so near a water source. The people of Israel knew this. And if they didn't have a source of fresh water, they would dig one. And here Isaiah says that salvation is our water source and that God has become our salvation. Now more than ever, we need to be a community that builds itself around that water source to which we can continuously return for refreshment. Receiving salvation is an individual thing. It's something we do when we accept Jesus into our lives and choose to live for him. We celebrated this uh, just a, a couple of weeks ago at a baptism service where we celebrated people's decision to let Jesus into their lives, to receive his salvation. But celebrating salvation is something we do together. It's something we do communally. And the baptism service was a phenomenal example of this as well. Us gathering together to celebrate all God has done in Christ and is doing in us. I want to uh, just encourage you finally with a quote from John Piper talking about this passage in Isaiah 12. He says this, salvation is not just past and it's not just there at the resurrection Salvation is everywhere you will dig into it. Dig a well and find it's flowing underneath you. And you can tap into this subterranean glorious reality of salvation called God. Let's refresh ourselves and refresh one another. With joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. I'm going to pray to finish. Lord God, I thank you so much for all you have done in Christ for us. Lord, I thank you that because Jesus died on a cross and took our sin on his shoulders, that your anger has turned away from us. I thank you for the obedience and selflessness of Jesus in doing that. I thank you that now we can put our faith in you and be comforted that you have given us salvation, that you have saved us. I pray, Lord, that um, in this time that we're coming to adapt to and learn what these next few months are going to look like, I pray that we would draw near to you, that we would draw water from the wells of salvation, that we would be refreshed by everything you've done for us and that we would refresh one another. Amen. Back to you, Josh. Excellent. Thanks, Andy. Um, so <clears throat> what we're going to do now, guys, for a few minutes is we're going to have um, some discussion just uh, based on what Andy's been talking about. Um, so if you are on, uh, if you're on Zoom, you can use the chat there and you can direct questions either directly to the three of us, to me, Andy and Anna, um, or not necessarily questions, but maybe your thoughts on the questions that I'm going to ask. Um, or you can, you can kind of do that publicly if you prefer. Um, and if you're on the Facebook Live, I'm, I've got that on my phone. So if you have any thoughts on the questions that I'm going to ask uh, in a moment, then you can also post on the Facebook chat. So, um, so that was great, Andy. I think um, 
I think, uh, yeah, one thing I was, I, I was thinking about as you were talking there is, is just so, it's so incredible what Jesus has done for us, right? And as Christians, we, we're, uh, we're really familiar with actually what Jesus has done for us. And this kind of exchange uh, where he's, he's, he took the, he drunk from the cup of wrath and actually we get to drink from a uh, cup of uh, grace and salvation. Actually, we get to, uh, we, we, we get, Jesus takes the bad and gives us the good. Um, and, and so I was wondering kind of what, what things, uh, guys, and I'll go to you first, Anna, what things do you find it helpful? Uh, what things help you to remember this in your life? Does that make sense? What things help you to remember what Jesus has done for you in your life? So let's go to you first, Anna. Yes. Good question. Um, I love um, singing. So worship is a really good way for me to um, focus again on um, the truth of um, who Jesus is, who God is, um, what's been done for me, um, especially because in worship songs, people have written all of this, these really beautiful lyrics to directly point you back to Jesus for you so just being able to sing that um is really helpful for me um and also i'm trying to practice especially now when um things are a little bit crazy but um writing out some things that i'm thankful for for the day and ways that i've specifically seen um god provide for me so rather than just being like thank you god for um you know quite generic things be quite um specific in the things that he um has done for me that day and reminding mm. myself of what he's done um in the past as well is really encouraging that's really good so so there's so worship actually connecting to god through mm. through singing worship songs and through those lyrics but then also through thanking god for actually the the good things that he's blessed you with in your life yeah absolutely yeah mm. and um Andy, how about you? What, what kind of things help you to uh, remember and reflect upon actually what Jesus has done for you? Yeah, um, for me, I, I, the old ways are sometimes the best. And I love, um, so I, I, I'm right now, I'm in my office at home. Uh, and I think all of us have got some kind of space that's our own. Um, and I love just putting things up on my wall, which uh, help me. So behind me, you can see a wall that's, that's not really got anything to do with uh, with. Jesus um it's the Beatles and Star Wars but in front of me what you can't see is um I've got various Bible verses kind of stuck up on the wall which really really help me uh, to reflect on all that Jesus has done um so for example um as I as I look at them I, I'm I'm reminded that they're a little bit more call to action verses but I've got 1 John 2 6 which says whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did um which is a a really encouraging verse that um, inspires us to action, but also reminds me to to rethink how Jesus lived, um, the radical love with which Jesus lived, the radical forgiveness, but also of course the radical obedience uh, that that took him to the cross. And then Hebrews twelve says the joy which took him to the cross, for the joy set before him, um, he endured the cross, which is phenomenal as well. Um, as we look at times of difficulty and suffering, it's challenging. But I love having having verses on the wall where I'll see them every day. Very good. Yeah. Uh, I think all of that, <clears throat> all of those things there that you said, both of you make a lot of sense and, and some of those really resonate with me. I think as well for me, um, what I find is in prayer, um, uh, prayer can really lift my eyes to uh, to who Jesus is and to what he's done uh, and uh, and can give a real, really a different perspective to, to life. And so, uh, you know, uh, I find particularly beginning prayer through 
uh, talking about who Jesus is through through worshiping him through my words and actually thanking him like as Anna Anna said there that's one thing for me that I find really helps me to uh, remember what Jesus has done and what he continues to do yeah okay so next question um so so how can we you know we know that as believers it's fundamental for us to to really dwell on what Jesus has done for us right and to remember what Jesus has done for us and who he is and that's kind of what we're talking about. And guys, if, if you guys listening want to share any of your own thoughts on this, you know, things that help you to, to really remember what Jesus has done for us as believers, then post in the chat. But my next question, guys, how can we kind of help each other? Uh, how can we help each other as a church to do this? How can we help each other to dwell on who Jesus is, on what Jesus has done, especially kind of, you know, now that we're, uh, for the time being, remote? Um, so, Anna, can I put that question to you first? How do you think we can um, encourage each other in this as the church? Oh, um, I think I think focusing focusing again on the truth of who um, God says He is, um, from what Andy was saying about reading our Bibles and maybe writing out verses and things, but um, really trying to encourage having um, conversations specifically about that with others I think um sometimes when hanging out with um my Christian friends we do talk about um God a lot but not necessarily specifically about about um salvation and uh, reminding ourselves again of um of this truth and I think actually flooding it into our conversations um with people who are like-minded in that sense can really encourage each other especially now when um we are maybe a bit distant and you know if we're having um, difficulty um, fixing our eyes on um, heaven um, actually having that as part of our conversation with other believers um, mm. can really yeah point point each other back if if we're having a difficult time um, and yes as Andy was saying community groups and um, prayer meetings and stuff getting involved in them is is going to be um, vital I think as well over this time very good yeah how about you Andy well, I was thinking, uh, I think we have a bit of a golden opportunity here. Um, you know, I think as much as the public health situation we find ourselves in has caused lots of disruptions for the church, it's, I think it's caused as many opportunities, really. Like we have this incredible, I, would, I, I think I want to encourage us to maybe think about kind of different circles of encouragement. So the biggest circle we'll probably have of encouraging one another in the church is going to be here on Sunday, where, we all, where we're kind of communicating with one another, maybe on the CCM Fallowfield notice board, where we can all uh, all encourage one another and then a smaller circle would be perhaps your community group you know there's somewhere between somewhere around that let's say the, the 15 person mark in your group um, which is a smaller circle of people you can encourage one another perhaps on a slightly deeper level from a place of knowing each other a little bit better perhaps than you might know everyone in the whole church and then I want to encourage you to go really small as well and think uh, which individuals or which twos or threes can I have like, can I put in regular um, Zoom meetings or, or Skype meetings with in the week um, so that we can encourage each other in kind of these different circles? Um, and as the circles get smaller, actually, you can go uh, deeper, can't you, from a place of, of a closer friendship, of knowing one another more, perhaps challenging one another more um, in this time. I think there's an amazing opportunity because to schedule a time in to meet with somebody just became a whole lot easier because you don't need to incorporate travel time or being in the same place. It simply needs to be, I've got half an hour at this point, let's, let's go on, on Zoom or whatever. Um, yeah, it's a great opportunity to do that. Very good. Thanks, guys. Got a couple, of, couple in on the, um, 
on the chat as well. So I'll just um, uh, I'll just I'm just going to pick one of those. They're all good, but but there's several, and uh, um, you guys on Facebook won't be able to see these on the Zoom chat. So uh, just Abby Abby Ilsop, for instance, has shared um, actually enjoying what God has has given us the good things. Uh, that we've got so for example uh, good food walking playing games uh, chatting the sun coming through the window dreaming together and Bex shared uh, something as well that, that I want to share which I think is really good uh, and actually encouraging people in group chats and social media actually with kind of Christ-centered uh, Jesus-focused encouragements and I think for me this is a really this is a really big thing actually because we can we can have friendship uh, without necessarily having fellowship if we're not careful, can't we? We can, we can listen to each other and we can, we can do a great job listening to each other's uh, problems and worries and dreams and concerns without necessarily, as believers, pointing each other to Jesus. And so I think, um, I think it's super important that we are making time and, and loving each other, but also really having fellowship and saying, actually, you know, Jesus is in this situation. Jesus uh, Jesus is with you in this. Actually, ultimately, your life's goal is to glorify Jesus. Like, how does this connect with that? And so, yeah, I think for me, a big part of it is is as well as we connect, pointing each other to Jesus uh, consciously and uh, and deliberately. 